Looking to create wealth and income through high cash flowing real estate? Self-storage is the fastest growing and the newest real estate asset that has outperformed all others. What's its secret? I'm AJ Osborne, and with over a million square feet that we have built, acquired, expanded, and even converted big box stores from small third tier markets to large hundred plus thousand square foot facilities, we have seen it all. This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self-Storage Income. Welcome, everybody, to Self-Storage Income, the podcast where we talk about everything self-storage and more, mostly just self-storage. We love self-storage on this podcast. It is the asset class that brought me financial freedom, tons of wealth, and I am kind of obsessed with it, as our listeners know. And uh, I've got my co-host with me, as always, Connor. Connor, how's it going? It's going great, man. It's going great. I um, was just watching a video my wife sent me of uh, the meltdowns with uh, homework and schoolwork with the oh, kiddos yeah, going, that's going down great. today. Last <laughs> night, we had an epic one. Found out that 80% of the projects my daughter had not gotten done, and she had to get done. So she oh, stayed up no. from yeah. 7 to <laughs> 1 o'clock in the morning doing homework. Of course, upset for some reason that she didn't do the work, and now it's done. You know, it's right. weird how that works. And I hate school. Yeah, th- these have been these great times. Great times. <laughs> but honestly, no complaints, dude. Things are going great. I know there's a lot of a lot of tough situations out there in the world for everybody 100%. right now. Uh, a lot of things going on, and uh, I I cannot complain at all, man. It's uh, like we've all great. adjusted what we view as like good, right? Right? Yeah. No how kidding. are you? Hey, I'm not sick. I have a job. I'm good. Solid, dude. Nobody's sick. Nobody, you know, good. But And you're exactly right. And I I feel that now more than ever for most people, it's just a time of not only uncertainty, but unease. Everybody's antsy. Mm-hmm. It's like we're ready to get back to some kind of new normal, and nobody really has a clear state of when or how that's going to look. Dude, just driving into the office here today, it was just like, this feels so good. You know, like I'm out doing stuff. Like I feel like I'm more productive or whatever it is. Absolutely. Totally feel that too, man. We're today we're we're really focusing a lot on because of these times the opportunity and is now the opportunity to buy? Or are you going to miss the opportunity? That's really our focus. But before we talk about is today the time to buy and is there opportunities and what opportunities are coming and what we're working on and, and, and dealing with during these times and the opportunities we're capitalizing on right now, we want to have a word, not from our sponsor, but about our sponsor because it's coming from us. As you know, Janice is our sponsor here. We've been talking a lot about the no-key entry system. It's a keyless entry system done remotely on the app. And one of the one of the reasons that I particularly am excited about talking about this now, because if you've listened to my podcast, seen our stuff online, um, you, you've seen some of the projects we've done using this system. And that's why, you know, we, when we looked at a sponsor, we were only using someone that we work with a lot and that we use their product and believe that 
it's going to be a big change for the future, which we believe this, this, this product is. Not only do we believe it's a big change for the future, we, I want to talk about this. I was having a conversation with a group last night that the new automation systems that is just completely going to overtake, it, it already is overtaking the industry. When I'm looking at developing facilities and we're developing our facilities now, the idea of not using Janus's Nokia has literally just gone out the window. Like we will not build without it. The reason being is, if we build without it, we're immediately in the past. So like our facility is outdated day one because this technology is taking over and it's going so fast in the next five years, this will be standardized. Like everybody's going to be putting this in. Everybody's going to have it and consumers will follow. And if you don't have it, it's going to be a problem and you won't be able to charge as much customers won't even be able to rent at your facility offline. And I talk about this with the Reno one that 20% of our uh, people signed up, rented from us online out of state. We were the only ones that could actually have them rent a unit. Like other people, you could register into things, but they could rent and access the facility without ever even being talking to a manager or anything. Because of that, I looked at that. That made our market like 20% larger. Now, most people are like, yeah, but I got to have a new, uh, new build to do it. And that's why, once again, I'm excited about talking about this now, is because uh, the facilities that we've just done are partial. It's some were built in. We ran wire to the buildings. But other ones are their new Nokia that are ran by batteries, like the th- three-year lifespan, and they can just go over the top. So when you're talking about updating your facility, renovations, things like that, they now have a product which we'd had those discussions because I'm like, guys, if I have to run wires to all the building, that's huge. That's really expensive. And these buildings don't have power to them. I'm not going to go tear my facility up, run power to all these buildings to put this lock. I just wasn't going to do it, right? So it limited it to only new builds. which Until that, now. Until now. <laughs> and that has been broken, which we're super excited about. We have it in our facilities. We're going to keep updating. You can go to my Instagram, AJ Osborne, and I put – pictures of them. Um, in fact, I think on the stories there, you can even go look at them. Check them out. We're going to get Janice's link in here. Plus, if you go to the website, we're putting more information. We're going to make a, a whole white paper out of this. But a lot of you have called and asked about it. We have the contact information, everything to send you to. So reach out to us, email, call us here, message us, um, and we'll, we'll put you in the right direction. With that, let's get started. Opportunity today, what we're seeing. I was on a a webinar, Bigger Pockets webinar with Brandon Turner thing. It was it was like a Zoom. We were on Zoom, but it it was a webinar essentially. And it, you know there was it was oversubscribed, so Zoom couldn't even hold all the people. Um, and they they pushed it out. We think there'll be there's going to be thousands of people that'll view it. But when the reason I bring this up is we were seeing lots of comments. So comments were coming through and asking us questions as we talked about. Um, today. And the central theme around the comments and people reaching out directly, there was uh, three of us that were on there, plus Tarl, who was holding the event. If you guys haven't seen it, you can go once again on Instagram, there's a link and also the uh, Facebook. But it, it was really good with lots of great questions on real estate in general, and what's happening. When we look at opportunities right now in the marketplace. And what we're seeing, this was the overall question that kept coming up through this process. Everybody was messaging, right? So we had underneath, we had uh, people that were posting, right? Questions on a board. And then there was like direct messages. And I can't tell you how many of them were, if I am I missing the opportunity if I don't move now? Is this my 2008, right? 
Is there going to be opportunities or should I wait to find a better opportunity? So people are like, should I hold off? Should I wait three months? Are deals going to get better? Are we going to see deals? Should I not pull the trigger? And this is such a good conversation because I feel like so many people have a hard time with this. Right now it's, do I hold cash or do I deploy cash? Is now the right time or am I going to miss my opportunity? And it's a struggle because you're dealing with future, right? It's like, is my money better spent today or is that going to be a deal in three months? And so it's a hard question to ask. It's like, who knows, right? So when we talk about it and people say like, well, what are you doing? I have a very simple method that I follow. And that is that I don't time markets. I don't, I don't, I don't. Now, my capital does. Let me explain. In the last recession, we bought a lot of deals coming out of it. As the bull market continued and things got better, we stopped buying as many deals, right? And in the last two years, we bought one. Now, we're going to ramp up and start buying again. And people are like, okay, well, you know, how, why did you do that when you do it? Because we have criteria for the deal and the cash flow that needs to be met. If the deal fits our criteria and if it fits my ability to turn it around, we buy it. I don't care if it's in a recession or the top of a market. Now, generally speaking, the top of the market, there are less deals that are attractive for us to buy. So we inherently stop buying. And at the bottoms, there's more deals that uh, are delivering the, the qualifications that we're looking for. So we buy more deals. But it has nothing to do with timing the market. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with looking at the marketing saying, oh, it's a high market, so I'm holding I'm off. I'm holding off. No, it's, we're not doing that. Like you said, your capital is telling you that. The numbers are telling you that. What makes sense and what doesn't. Exactly. As per your criteria. So right now, over the next two years, we are starting to see more opportunities, and we believe we'll grow more in the next two years than we did the previous five. The reason being is there's a few things that are going to make the next two years, we believe, a good time and why a lot of these properties will fit our criteria. Let me explain what we're seeing and the opportunities. We already have one under contract that we're going on. We have some developments we're doing, and we're looking uh, actively at others. Normally, in these times, people start, they, they shift out of their comfort zone, and then they start making decisions that have varied in the previous year. So I'm not going to sell. I'm not going to sell. I'm not going to sell. Life changes. Opportunities change. I need to sell, right? So as a seller, two years ago when they nothing at that point in time would have ever made them sell, right now, life changes, right? So there's been a huge change for a lot of people. That change usually brings sellers to the market. There's more sellers that generally come up during this time and there's less buyers because there's a contraction in capital. So that just generally leads to more options for deal flow for us, right? It's not rocket science, um, but we, we, we see this, and we're starting to see this. We're, we've evaluated more deals in the last three weeks than we, we did last year, and this was, is only going to continue. So when we're looking at these deals, we're still turning away the vast majority of all of them. We, we say, no, we're not going to do it because it doesn't meet our criteria. But now we're seeing deals that we're like, okay, expectations are starting to change, both from the sellers and the buyers. It's like reality is coming back down to earth, right? And five months ago, you know, reality was totally different. So when we look at this, there's another thing that's leading us to developments 
um, the reason is, is assumptions on performance from assets on the market have changed. What I mean is we're looking at a Sears and a Walmart right now that we're looking at buying because the assumptions of the performance of those vacant, vacant buildings just sitting there, which they thought, oh, I'm going to sell this or I'm going to get this high price or anything. It, this kind of thing, they've, they're coming down to earth, right? Okay. No one is filling up this ginormous Kmart. And this is after a year of those things, you know, being on the market or longer. Longer, yeah. Years sometimes on the market. It, and it takes them a while, but this readjust, just adjusting of expectations from sellers obviously helps buyers. So we look for certain criteria and deals. I need improved uh, assets that can improve, right? that are mom and top. But uh, the, uh, one of the reasons too, that this is going to be good for the next few years is that the supply for money for development has shrunk dramatically. Banks are pulling the plug on developments. This helps supply and demand for self-storage, right? It's, we were having such an explosion of supply, new development on the market that a lot of markets were getting oversaturated. So this calm down in the development cycle is good. This makes me go, hey, Okay, we we're probably going to see good returns over the future. Where is you know six months ago we're like, man, if this keeps up for two more years, a lot of these assets just are not gonna be able to get increases out of their their rents in so many of these markets. So a cool down period is good. That actually will help the performance of assets that you're buying. Okay, so if I can now develop in a city where two of the developments were pulled, or I can go and I can develop two years out, I'm not nearly as worried about as an oversaturation of the market. So our development outlook looks better now. Our acquisition uh, uh, pipeline looks better now. So is now the time to buy? Yes. Was five months ago the time to buy? Yes. Was three years ago? Yes. The answer is always yes if the deal is right. Now, the wrong deal was five months ago the wrong time to buy? Yes. Is today the wrong time to buy? Yes. And so I, I don't want to oversimplify this, but it, it really is true. And the assets that we bought, so we bought one, what was it, last fall? Yeah, it was yeah, yeah, it was last fall. So last fall we bought, do I regret and say, man, I really wish that I would have waited to buy it now? No, no, not at all. Like, not at all. I, I would buy the exact same asset at its same performance today. Still a great deal. Tomorrow and the next day. Um, so when you look at your ability to buy underperforming assets and turn them around, um, generally speaking, there is a larger supply of those kind of deals coming to market. So it should help us out. Now, I do, although we don't time markets, your efforts should be timed. Let me explain. Don't time markets, time efforts, right? Last year, I didn't put nearly as much effort into finding deals as I am now because there was less deals to find and buyers were less likely to sell. Right now with so much change, I got to go back to all the people, all the deals, all the brokers that we talked about said, hey, those deals that were on the fence, are they ready now? Because it's there's been such a big change, I got to go test all the sellers again, all the brokers. I got to see where the market's at. So I got to re-up my efforts to find deals because now there's going to be deals to be had. And so I got to evaluate lots more. I got to find more. So although right? I'm not timing markets with capital. I am timing markets with effort. So my effort right now, yes, is increasing dramatically to find new deals, pivoting, changing business models to capture opportunity. You should be too. You should be double down on your calls with 
brokers, meetings. You should be doubling down on your direct mail, on your messaging, going out, knocking doors, uh, secret shopping facilities, um, underwriting, all that. You should be doing twice as much work as you were to fill up your pipeline because the odds are in your favor that you're going to find more deals. So some people are going to be like, AJ, this is the dumbest answer you've ever given. Well, yes, no, no, no. But I don't know how else to explain it because it's true, right? Yes, um, we're doubling our efforts, but no, our criteria hasn't changed for deals and no, we're not timing markets. So right now, our outlook for the next six months, I do think this is going to get worse. But that doesn't mean that I'm holding off buying. And um, this is really important to understand. If the deal comes up today, I do think time will get worse in three months, but I also think time will be better in six months. So it would be crazy for me to pass up a good deal in such a short time frame. I don't, you know, our, our business model isn't predicated on months. It's predicated on years. And two, it's predicated on our ability to turn the asset around through operational improvements, not that the market carries it up. And if you've listened to this podcast you know that that is a strategy that we tell people don't blindly invest. Get, don't say, oh yeah, in 10 years, the market will take it up. Make sure that you find the opportunity in the asset that the opportunity is there today, not just future value. We actually had a broker that there was an asset that was overpriced. He actually told us, yeah, but this deal is going to be an awesome deal in 20 years. <laughs> I was like, what? What are you talking what about? What are you talking about, dude? I could buy anything today. Everything. I could go out and buy everything. And in 20 years, everything will be a better, it will all have been a good deal. Yep. That doesn't even make sense, <laughs> right? So you got to frame here how we think about deals. And two, if they're saying in 20 years is going to be a good deal, that means they're trying to give you a crappy deal. Um, and look at today, the difference of its performance right now and other assets in the market the spread between that performance and other assets in the market today is where I look at getting my return. So that in the reason this is important in understanding why we don't time markets is because I'm not saying, oh, well, I don't think the market's performance is going to be as good over the next year. I don't, that's not how we look at it because I'm not expecting the market to lift our facilities up. Right. Now, yes, it sucks when the market starts to hurt your performance of your facilities and it's great when it artificially takes them up, right? Or not artificially, but takes them up without any help or, or maneuvering from you. We just don't plan on it. Which is the best way to go because, yeah, that's great when things go up and it's unplanned, but it's horrendous when things go down and it's unplanned. It's catastrophic in some cases. And in touching, too, on, on that value-add strategy where you're forcing value and not just expecting it or hoping and wishing for it, um, those opportunities are out there. Like you said, we're looking at all these deals. Uh, one of the regions that we were just looking at, um, that we've, I believe we have under contract right now, several of the facilities in that area don't have websites, aren't using call centers, don't have solid hours of operation, don't have steady management, don't have quote unquote employees or, or management of the facility or ad, uh, the admin side. Nothing. I mean, nothing. I mean, these, these opportunities are out there. You just got to connect. You got to start researching like AJ's talking about here, making those calls, um, doing the research, putting in the, the footwork, the groundwork, and, uh, and, and making things happen. So, you know, and in, in before we move on here, I, I want to give a quick, 
a quick message from Story Local. The, the reason why, for you, those of you that don't know, it's important for you to know. I am a founding member of something called Store Local, and a lot of people are overwhelmed by some of the operational spots that we talk about, right? So like, you're like listening to this, and you're like, wow, there's a lot involved here. Self-storage is an asset class that has tons of opportunity, and you may say, I don't know the things necessarily 100% to take advantage of finding that or, or capitalizing on the opportunity, but this is not a solo sport. And in this industry, we are really good about helping each other out. That's why we're a founding member of Store Local, which is a co-op for individual operators to join, owned by storage operators. And what we do is we pool together resources to get them cheaper, better deals from vendors and industry knowledge. Okay, This has been a huge reason for the success of our portfolio. And Travis Morrow, who's the CEO now, Lance was the, the, the founder of it. And Lance, for those of you know, he was on a podcast talking about, uh, we've had both Travis and Lance on the podcast. You guys need to go back and listen to them. They're amazing. Um, and understand better, too, with Travis, why Store Local is so important. Um, there is fees to be in Store Local, but our credit card processing discount that we got on, just that one thing covered the fees for the co-op. And then we got access to other people, resources, and, and tools. So don't be overwhelmed and don't think that this is, is an individual sport. It's not. It's a team sport. We'll put the link for Store Local in the bio or in, in the, des the description. We'll also put it up on um, Self Storage Income's website. And so you guys can see and go to get help, get resources. And in this this podcast, we're trying to bring resources to you to make sure you're cutting edge like Janice and also make sure that your performance is there and that you have the help that you need. Not only our site, the information that we give you, but Store Local is one of the best resources out there because it's an independent storage thing, right? These are storage operators that own it. It's not a, you know, it's, it's, there's a whole bunch of members and collectively, I think they're the third largest group now including the REITs of storage owners. So they have a lot of buying power and a lot of say. Um, so anyways, you can check them out and go on to there. Um, I just like to talk about that because a lot of people, I think, get overwhelmed by some of the stuff. But for everyone that's even looking or has a store or maybe two stores, um, I send people to the store lo local website. Um, and two, you can get even dis things like discounts on the Janus Snokey product there. So it's, uh, it's awesome. We're Once again, we're founding members, very active in it because of the good that it does. And we're very passionate in this industry, a rising tide rise all boats. We mean that the worst thing for a market is a poor operator to come in and develop square footage that is not needed. They suffer, we suffer, they don't know how to market, they don't know how to do their studies properly, right? If all the facilities in a market are rocking it and getting 6% increase, that means your facility is too. You want your neighbors to be successful in this industry. You want others to be successful because if they're not, neither are you. Um, and this comes down to opportunities too, right? When you're looking at markets and how we do the evaluation, we look at those most successful guys in the marketplace because that tells us where not the top is, but where the potential is, right? So anybody looking at a facility, looking at a place to un uh, that you may want to go, look in those markets, find the facilities that are underperforming, but then go and look at the top operators, see how they're doing. And that will give you a good idea on the spread and the, the opportunity or as, you know, as I call it, X marks the spot, right? That's where the, the, the treasure is buried. 
and we've talked a lot about this in your underwriting, how you underwrite for it. We did a whole, oh, what was, it was almost like an hour and 30 minutes for our mastermind where we did just on the underwriting aspect because the, the spread and uh, the difference between lines like insurance. So all the stuff that Connor's just talking about here, where he talked about the management inefficiencies, right? These management inefficiencies can be turned around and it they may be performing poorly, but they are not performing poorly because the market is poor. They're performing poorly because of all the things that Connor mentioned, the operations. Well, how do you so it, I say, like a lot of people say this, you know, oh, it's, it's just because they're not being ran properly. Okay, well, how do you prove that? Look in the market and find a storage facility that is being run properly. If they're still suffering from low occupancy, obviously it has nothing to do with the performance of the, the managing, the asset manager, right? No, now it's just a bad market. But if you look around and the other facilities are performing great, then you can say, yeah, it, it, you're right. This is an individual problem, not a market problem. So important to distinguish between those two things. Is it this asset's problem or is it a market's problem? But that is, once again, it's, it's like finding money that's sitting on the table that the operator has just chosen not to take off. Well, that's exactly what it is, man. That really is exactly what it is. Because just that, that spread that you're talking about between... Uh, the potential or the X marks the spot, the higher end of the market, and you know where a facility might be, could be a 20%, 30-40% difference. And if you could immediately have a 40% upside in something, oh man! I mean, dude, yeah, it's huge. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's absolutely and, incredible. And that's why we talk about this a lot in a lot of this podcast is. Uh, dedicated to the performance metrics associated with bringing up your gross revenue to that point. So understanding what the point is, that spread. So where's the bottom? Where's the top? Then understanding the economics that drive the, the revenue drivers within that facility to get it to the top, and then how to leverage that, right? And so today's podcast, we're talking about opportunities and how to identify them and whether there's more opportunities. So let's say you say, I need 11 percent return on my capital. And if I could get that, I would do it all day, every single day. Okay. Well, once again, we come down to timing markets. Don't worry about timing markets. Look at the spread between the two. If you could change the assets performance, get it to the top of the market, and it gives you 11 plus percent return, then that meets your criteria and you should do the deal. You're good. The beautiful thing too here is you're working on knowns. You're not working from unknowns. You're not working from pro formas. You're not working from you know market expectations, ups and downs. You're working with knowns in that market at that point in time. It's not it's not guesswork. It's not guesswork. And it shouldn't be. We don't we don't operate like that. And if you operate like that, then markets mean a lot less in the future of the market because you can get your return. And then if you get to charge more because the market keeps going up and everything over the next 10 years, that's your cherry on top. But you've already met your defining requirement for your capital. And uh, this should be dependent. And we're not going to talk about how to determine that on this podcast because that's a whole (laughs) section on how to determine the return that you should get and why that's important for people that are beginning and saying, I don't understand expectations but that's a great one. Let's actually write that up on the board. So how to define expectations and understanding what the expectations should be 
from your storage facility and from the the market. Um, but for now, you know, this podcast was it was is there opportunity out there? Yes. Should you be double downing and going out there and finding it? Yes. And will you miss that opportunity? Well, you're always going to be missing it. If you're not looking for it, don't time markets, but get out there and time your efforts. So anything else you want to add to that? No, man. I think we covered a lot of really good stuff. Um, Get out there, make things happen. Awesome. Hey, everybody, please give us a five-star rating. Good review. I don't mind asking for it. If you guys do too, I think we held up a, we do a 15 minute call with anybody that gave us a five-star rating, good review. That has been awesome. I am not kidding. I have days that I was just like call after call after call, hearing what you guys are doing, your plans, your strategy, and working with everybody has been awesome. So we're going to uphold that and keep doing it. Um, We really appreciate everybody, our audience, and hearing what's happening in the industry. Do you want to tell people how to do that real quick? Yeah. 15 minute call. Absolutely. Go to our website. You can email us, right? It's, you just go in there, email us. So you go in and send us an email, show us your five-star rating, and say, hey, we'd love to schedule a 15-minute call. You're going to get a link that will come with Calendarly, and you can schedule it out. And uh, then I love to chat with everybody here. This podcast actually was, because of this podcast, this led to uh, our, our mastermind, which we, we, we have, and I was doing, we're actually doing a deal with, uh, um, one of the guys in, in our mastermind, which, you know, I'm trying to think, but his podcast is like, we, we, we had him on the, on the podcast and I think his podcast was the most popular podcast we've had. It was one of them. Yep. Yeah. It was like one of the top things, but he had a few small facilities, but anyways, so we're taking down, uh, Zach, uh, for anyone that wants to go back and, and look, it's an awesome podcast. Zach's, Zach's great, but we are taking down a, a, an asset with Zach quick and six, a $6 million asset. We have it under contract. Um, so for us, this has just been, it, it's been awesome. It's led to opportunity. We get to, you know, work with you guys. We get to hear things. Um, we really do appreciate it, everybody and, uh, get out there, find deals, have fun while you're doing it.